Are you ready to make the door swing, the phone ring, and the till ding? One of the best kept secrets in any community is its network of local businesses. Businesses that rely on local customers, foot traffic, and phone calls. Those same businesses that support kids sports teams, donate to fundraising efforts, and provide the expertise to create a backyard oasis. But no more secrets. From the skin knee lessons that'll make you wince to the tell-all exposés, these everyday people are doing extraordinary things in their business. Welcome to the secret life of local. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google girl, and founder of the Get Found for Local program. Today, we're swapping secrets with Shane Chapman, who turned in the keys to his corporate career and picked up a tool belt. He's the owner of the Ultimate Deck Shop, but I'm gonna let you let him tell his story. So Shane, take it away. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the deck shop. Sure. Just to be clear, I never had keys at the corporate job. That's why I left. They wouldn't give me the keys <laughs> to the place. There we go. So they wouldn't I give you the out. keys to the city. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My name is Shane Chapman. I am a longtime resident of Regina, Saskatchewan. I grew up around Southern Saskatchewan, came to the U of R for school in 1999. Um, Ended up out of university into a job at Sastel, left that job in 2016, started this business with a kind of a lifelong friend of mine. Uh, I've got a wife and four rambunctious little boys at home. And so <laughs> life, I'm not sure where it's busier, if it's work or at home, but it's uh, busy 24-7. <laughs> well, and I should say, so if you've got that much on the go, do you sleep? I have been known to the odd time, yep. Um, actually the little, my youngest son's only three months old. So we're in the middle of that right now. I sleep with him every night and he was actually on a pretty decent, uh, schedule here up until about three days ago when that got all shot to hell. So yeah. now he's decided to not sleep again mm -hmm. through his little three or four month regression here. And, um, yeah. so we're dealing with that. And you know what? There's, there's something about that three month mark, because I've heard that story from so many folks, usually moms, but you hit that yeah. three month mark and it's like, they become aware of the world. Uh, I always joke that our three-month-old woke up one day, discovered he had a sister that we had adopted from Ethiopia, because literally she showed up overnight and he never slept again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. He hasn't had that much of a shock. There's been uh, no babies by mail show up, but uh, he's uh, something must be going on. So <laughs> exactly, awesome. Okay, ultimate jack shop. Tell me, besides the obvious, what do you guys do? So the long and short of it is we're a lumberyard essentially, um, mm -hmm. but we, we don't operate, we, we kind of call ourselves the anti-lumberyard because we don't want to be known for the same thing mm -hmm. that traditional lumberyards are known for. The best way I can describe it is you can think of us like a flooring store for the outdoors. And so we okay. stock everything you need for building a deck or any backyard project. Mm -hmm. um, and our focus is on having, I know it's going to sound super cliche, but having better selection prices and service than anybody, you know, just like yeah. everybody says, but we actually try to live that. So. I would say, but you actually do that. Yeah, exactly. It's, right. it's tough to define your niche by something you actually do when, yes, exactly. Okay, That's so right. like the last two years when it comes to lumber, it's been a little on the ugly side. What's happened like? Yeah, so this is our seventh season in Regina with our Regina location. And what I've learned is that you can never predict what the next year is going to be like. Mm -hmm. But um, the last two years has been because of COVID. The, the reason just changes as to why you can't predict what it's going to be like. But yeah. certainly, certainly the last two years have been uh, extra um, intriguing, I guess. <laughs> Challenging, we'll say. Sure. Yep. 
So yeah, the, the, obviously the lumber prices, especially last year, were just about as erratic as you could possibly have. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, in our young time in the industry, we've never seen anything like like that. I'm not sure even the old timers had. So it was certainly yeah. a bit of a bit of a roller coaster ride last year of things happening, but mm -hmm. it didn't seem to didn't seem to deter people from wanting to do their projects while they were home and had the time. So yeah, exactly. People had the time. So what do you think drove that price change? Was it demand? Everybody wanted to get into the backyard and do stuff because they were at home or was it time? Like what was there supply issues? I mean, trees still grew and I don't know, were processing plants shut down. Like what drove that? There was, I think there was, boy, if I dig back deep enough, I think I wrote a blog article and I had about eight reasons as to why it happens, but it was, it was certainly a collection of, of issues. Obviously the demand was through the roof because of people being home and tackling projects, new home construction was through the roof. Then you had it combined with the fact that, um, that the mills were closed down due to COVID issues. Um, so there was a lot of, it, it was the, it was a very stereotypical supply and demand. The supply dropped off due to to COVID restrictions and reduced workforce and, mm -hmm. um, you know, closures due to COVID infections and whatnot. And then combine that with, uh, you know, an 80% uh, an overnight increase in demand for projects. And you had the perfect storm for something to happen like that. And, and logistics as well. We know like yes. through the last couple of years, all of a sudden shipping anything, even if you had it, exactly. uh, you were paying top dollar to ship it anywhere. So there's a lot of things at play for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Everything just kind of came together at the right time or the wrong time, depending on how you want to look mm -hmm. at it. Cool. Um, right. And so do you help people plan out their projects? Uh, do most people come to you and say, you know, here's what I want to do. And you just kind of help them pull it together or like, where does your service start or your product start and where does it end? Yeah, we, I frequently tell people that we're, we're whatever you need us to be. So mm -hmm. we can be as hands on or hands off as you need us to be because everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. The reason why we started this store in the first place was because the shopping experience for doing a backyard project like this was not great before. You had two options. You could go to a box store, which we all know how uh, atrocious the service levels can yeah. be at a box store. Mm -hmm. um, and even the product quality from a box store is, is not great. Uh, or you can go to a lumberyard, which is fine if you are you know, a large volume contractor or home builder. That's who they're used to dealing with. But for mm -hmm. the average homeowner, they're a little bit intimidated walking into a place like that. Yep. Um, very much an old boys club kind of mentality, kind mm -hmm. of, it's not what can I do for you? It's what can you do for me kind of thing. Yeah. So this wasn't an environment that was conducive to a project that many consider to be a friendly DIY dude on the weekend kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why we started the store. And so to that point, if somebody walks in and knows exactly what they're doing and knows exactly what they want, then we can be just order takers. Yes. And if you need a little bit more handholding and you need to know, you know, what materials you need and how to do this and what's the city wanting for this, then we, we do our best to try to answer all the questions to make sure that your project is safe and successful at the end. Perfect. Something you said really tweaked for me. Um, you talk about it being an old boys network. So I'll just tell you a really short story because this isn't about me. This is about you. But uh, I grew up in a house where my dad was a journeyman electrician. We built two or three houses as a family. So I was constantly on, you know, a property that was being built. Uh, and in fact, he wired houses for a ton of people. So even though I knew nothing, it just kind of gets into your, <clears throat> gets into your head, gets into your blood. So fast forward, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years, my husband and I are building a house. And we've got a series of contractors. We actually general contracted it ourselves. So we didn't have a builder. And one of our contractors was pushing back. They'd provided a price. They came in, they said, oh, you know, we can't do it for this price, yada, yada. So they're having this conversation with my husband. 
And he comes home and said, you know, here's what they said. This is how much more they want. And I was like, to heck with that. I showed up at the house the next day. I had my steel-toed boots on. And I said, look, here's how we quoted it. Here's how it's going to work. Here's where this is going to run and that's going to run. Are we good? We're good, he says. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. I actually yeah. don't think, think I saw that particular contract contractor face-to-face again through the project. <laughs> so my husband's like, I think you made an impression. I'm damn straight when you're asking me for more money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there, there's certainly that too, right? There's this, um, I mean, in general, the word contractor kind of has, unfortunately, a bit of a, a, a negative connotation to it because there is a lot of, I don't know if I want to call them fly by night, but, but this is a province where we don't have requirements to become a contractor. Mm -hmm. If you have a, a drill and a truck, you can be a contractor. There's no licensing required. There's no, you know, there's no specific hoops to jump through to become one. So unfortunately, that results in a lot of people that probably aren't qualified to be one mm -hmm. uh, becoming one. Yes. And then there's also where where there's demand there's an opportunity there's people that'll jump in to fill it whether they should or not so oh absolutely i think everybody has a bad contractor story and so even and and certainly like you know i, I was a contractor before i'm not suggesting that there aren't good ones out there there are there are absolutely really good contractors out there but they can be tough to find mm -hmm. and so by having kind of us involved that has you know this brick and mortar location and faces that actually work there and whatever it's it's kind of a nice i think for some people at least it's a nice barrier between themselves and the contractor even if they are hiring somebody to do it they can kind of go mm -hmm. somewhere where they feel heard and they feel like they can learn and yep. and you know we can be we can be their google in a way so exactly yeah and some having somebody in your corner which can be a really important thing in any kind of project like that right yeah 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 for sure yeah. so let's talk a little bit about uh why on the corporate side they wouldn't give you the keys and uh what what was the impetus to make the leap like why not just go to another crown corporation why not take the easy way what what drove you um i i always knew i wanted to do something on my own i just didn't it took me a long time to figure out what that was i don't think that's uh rare that's probably a pretty common story that people know they want to chart their own path but how to do it or what to do is is the tricky part yeah so i was always dabbling in something um through through university like since high school, basically, I was always dabbling in something that could be my own that I was kind of building on the side or whatever. But okay. um, at some point, I kind of fell into building decks. And I did not grow up with a knowledge of carpentry. My dad was handy. He never shared that with me, probably because I had no interest in it, likely at the time. It wasn't mm -hmm. his fault. But uh, at some point along the way, I did pick up an interest in it. I, I gained experience, gained the tools, decided to start building decks on the side. So I was doing that on the evenings and weekends, and it kind of became my hobby slash passion on the side of the day job. I was enjoying my day job as well mm -hmm. at the time. Yep. Um, and I was looking to potentially kind of move up through it, but I always knew I didn't want to be there forever. It was okay. just kind of my, my current thing I was doing, but, mm -hmm. um, so it, it was, it was born from a passion, like the desire to leave. And I think just hitting a few roadblocks within this and sorry for anybody who's listening on it, that's pro union, but I was in this environment that just was not where I wanted to be. That's mm -hmm. not my thing. I didn't, I didn't enjoy being in the union and be kind of yeah. following the the typical path charted by that bureaucracy. So yeah, I, the mold, I needed to get right? away from Here's that. Here's the mold you're supposed to fit <laughs> yeah. into. And if you don't fit, then yeah, round peg, square yeah. hole. Yeah. my The answer that you just need to be here longer than somebody else's, your way of uh, progression anywhere is not, does not sit well with me. So I, I needed to get away from that. Um, 
but it eventually it was just kind of a convergence of passion and opportunity i guess i had the passion finally i had figured that out i was doing it on the evenings and weekends um and i kind of had said to my wife that if a big enough opportunity presented itself in the deck building world that i would i would leave my job for that okay and so it was kind of two things that happened one a very 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 large job that i would never be able to do as a part-time contractor mm -hmm. um and which had an association with the with the paula france design which had all the hgtv shows wow. back in the day okay so very i cool. i had told her about two weeks before this happened that i was like boy you know if like if if i could do what paula france does I, like that'd be enough i'd quit my day job and just go do this full time yeah and, yeah and for whatever reason, the universe was like, you know what, that should happen. And Paula Francis' team phoned me completely randomly out of the blue two weeks later oh my with God. this project they wanted me to work on that they had designed. Oh, and so that was so kind of cool. a bit of a sign from the universe there that was like, well, maybe now's the time. So that job ended up happening and that okay. kind of forced my hand. It was like, okay, well, I have to do this now. I can't, yeah. can't do this part time. At the same time, um, a good high school friend of mine that we didn't know each other for a long time, he was a contractor doing interior renovations and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He was looking to get away from doing that as well. We'd always kind of thought, well, maybe someday we'd do some sort of business together. And so, you know, my, my path was um, growing with opportunity. I was seeing some, some lack of service and some opportunity within the supply side mm -hmm. from my own personal experience. Yes. And he, as a contractor, saw those same things. It might not have been with deck boards, but with his own stuff. And it was kind of mm -hmm. like, you know what we should do? Yep we should start our own store and do this like the way we think it should be done. Yeah. So that was kind of the start of it. We kind of agreed that we were going to go into business together. I had this massive project. It was like, you know what, now's the time. And, and, um, I think I had recently been, uh, made it to the final two in a promotion at Sastel and was not the chosen one. Uh, and so I yeah. was like, you know what, that's, that's the final straw there. All these things are aligning. Now's the time. Exactly. Yeah. That was the final sign you needed. So when you took yeah. on that big project, did you start the store at the same time or did you do the project and then the store became a physical thing? Uh, no, it was happening around the same time. Um, I did continue to keep building with my previous company that was called Fresh Decks for two years after we started the store. And okay. that was primarily because I had the work to, that, that I had to do. Mm -hmm. um, and also because to be quite frank, we had no idea if this store was going to work or who would buy material through it. Exactly. And that's uh, what I was thinking is you kind of had that, that safety net, that security of here's the, the job stuff and let's give the store some time to, you know, get on its own two feet. So a really right. smart strategy, really. I knew for sure that I would buy material for my store. Yes. <laughs> like, there you go. You had we were, one guaranteed customer, yeah. two for yeah. your partner. We had me. We had me. So like, I... I did that. And then it was actually gave us, like you said, the, a little bit of uh, leeway, I suppose, some financial leeway that I could go and make money as a contract on the side, mm -hmm. basically share that with my business partner, Wade, so that we could support ourselves while we waited for the store to kind of grow or to take off and, and be yeah. self-sufficient, mm -hmm. knowing that I would always at some point stop building and join the store too, once it needed me, yes. once it needed full-time people there. And, mm -hmm. and uh, that did eventually happen. So the kind of, the plan worked out, I guess. And so same thing with your partner. Is he full-time in the business or does he just still do some contract work as well? No, he quit before we even opened the door. So he was, oh. he was the one that kind of ran the store for the first two years while I was still out building okay. and he was full-time right away. Yeah. So how many people in the store now? Oh boy. Well, A I should lot. know that, shouldn't I? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not <laughs> an astronomical number. You but should know that. 
Yeah, it's split between two two stores now. I believe we have around 30 people between the two stores. Yeah. So I don't want to jump right back to the store, but one question that's I think on almost every small business owner's mind right now is how are you finding people? Um we so it's kind of the the tale of two stores for us really. Um we were lucky a couple of years ago, the year before or year of the pandemic hitting, I guess. Uh, that we were able to hire a general manager in Regina that actually has really, really helped out with the people situation because he's brought a lot of people from his past life and his past experience as a manager other places and brought them to us. And he's kind of compiled this team of really good, solid people that return year after year. And so it's given us this great consistency in Regina with very little turnover, mm-hmm. um, really running smoothly. Saskatoon, on the other hand, a little bit newer of a store, has struggled through some people issues, yep. uh, has started to gain some footing there this year. We've got some good people in there now that that we're, we'll have around for a while. So mm-hmm. um, last year was an absolute disaster up there. We like I would people would come and go before I even had a chance to meet them. Like the, it was just a, oh, wow. a turnover was crazy. So yeah. Um, we're starting to find some stability. It is tricky right now. It seems to find to mm-hmm. find people that are willing to kind of kind of come in and do what you're asking them to do. But um, I'll knock on wood because we haven't. It hasn't been an emergency for us at this point. Exactly. So, are you finding that most of the people uh, working at the store they have, you know, some carpentry experience, they have some building experience, uh, or like, where are they coming from? Um, I would say most of them do not. That was one thing that earlier on when Wade and I were looking to scale this thing that we thought we really, really needed was more people just like us. We Mm -hmm. thought, well, we have to find people that have a background in building decks and they know what they're doing so that they can provide that level of service and everything else. Yeah. Uh, it turns out there's just like, that's not a lot of people. (laughs) It's not a lot. Yeah. That's why I asked the question. (laughs) There's not a lot of retired deck builders at age 40. They're looking for something to do. So we had to kind of. I guess, break down those barriers a little bit, but we have found some people that have experience in the right thing. And we've, we've grown to learn that it's more important to find people, people than it is to find any specific skill set that can be taught mm-hmm. and learned and earned. Yeah. Um, but what we need is good people that want to, you know, kind of align with our core values and are here for a reason. And we can teach them how to build a deck and provide that level of service. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the angle we've taken and it's, uh, it's working. Yeah. So how many stores now, two or three? Uh, two. We have Regina and Saskatoon, and then we we do sell online as well as a separate channel. Okay. Oh, so you do have online sales, so that's kind of cool. Uh, and like again, all the decking yeah. products. Because do you guys do the? Um, okay, I should know the name because like it's out my back window here. Not lumber. Help me, help me, Shane. I'm stuck. Not lumber. The maintenance free. Like that's the what I'm deck? looking for. Oh my god, that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, the composite or Trex. Yeah, we we carry more of that than anywhere and one of the one of the driving reasons for that was when i was a contractor i was often uh, showing up to, to people's homes to quote their project and they had spent their entire weekend driving around to different lumber yards like in town out of town wherever to collect all these different samples of the different brands because every lumber yard only carries one brand mm-hmm. and they would bring them all home and try to compare them all and i was like well this is silly like flooring stores would carry seven brands of flooring why does every lumber yard carry one brand of decking Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason is because it decking in it of itself is a side business for most lumber yards. It's not, you know, it's not a big driver, so they don't have the capacity to carry more than one brand, but we kind of thought, well, if we can put all these options in one place, it really gives 
nobody a reason to have to drive around and waste their whole day. This should be something that takes them an hour to figure out, not a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we, you know, we, we carry more composite decking, more brands, more colors than anywhere else in the province. And it's, it's not really even that close. Like we carry a lot more cause that's all we do, yeah. right? We're not carrying doors and windows and insulation. We just do decking fences, outdoor projects. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a ton of lessons that you've learned in the last seven years then since you uh, opened the first store. If you think back now, can you think of a couple of things that, oh God, I wish we hadn't done that. Anything that jumps to mind? Um, oh God, that we wish we wouldn't have done that. Hey, um, I don't know that I had like, I can't think of anything major off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Like that does not mean there hasn't been hiccups along the way, a lot of learning experiences, yeah. but I don't think there's not been something that was, that was ever stupid mm -hmm. that we did. I, you know, right? there... you know what I love about that answer though? So lots of us look back and we're like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't, hadn't done that. You can't change the past. The past is right. what it is. And as long as if it didn't work, oh, well, you move on. You're a small yep. business. You're nimble. And like you can change on the fly. Overnight, I can change our website. I can change our marketing. I can change the message. I can change the services for whatever reason. Right? Yeah. And, and that's what I'm hearing from you is you can change on a dime when you need to because that's what we all do to survive. Yeah, there's there's no point dwelling on things in the past. Like if if we dug into it, sure. Do I wish I would have not booked as much inventory of that one color? Okay, sure. Exactly. How was I to know? All my all of my intuition and my my stats and data said that I should at the time, and it didn't work out. So yeah, what's the opportunity here? I was actually just in a meeting this afternoon, just before this this interview started here with our leadership team, and um, I, I believe I witnessed growth in in our general manager because he he does some in his past tended to kind of take a negative view upon things at one point. And okay. we had recently done a full inventory count here and some things didn't go as smoothly, whatever. And, and just his wording today in the middle of that meeting was, I think there's a lot of opportunity here around how we do these inventory counts. And in my mind, it was such a change in how he was thinking at that moment. Yeah. It wasn't to, it wasn't to dwell on what went wrong about that. It was like, what can we do to be better at this? What can we improve in this? And I think that generally is, my attitude and wade's attitude we don't ever look at a problem without thinking of a solution first if i'm coming mm -hmm. to you to talk about a problem it's probably because i've been thinking about it for a bit first yeah so, exactly no i don't i don't dwell on things we've done wrong in the past we just think about how can we fix it and do better i guess yes exactly it's funny i had that almost same conversation with someone yesterday where i said when you're building a team you're looking for people who um give you your time back versus take your time and yeah. so, yeah, when my team shows up and says, oh, we have this problem, I like literally I'll sit there and wait because I'm waiting for the solution, right? I yeah. didn't identify yeah. the problem. I wasn't working directly with the client. Like I'm waiting. And, you know, it usually takes two or three times where they go, oh, yeah, I guess we don't talk about this stuff until there's a solution. And it's like, yeah, yeah I'm not right. like this magic Google wand and everything just changes because I say so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just not how things work. So how do you make all the pieces come together now? You got four kids from three months up to 15 years. How in the heck do you make all these pieces come together? Where do you find time uh, you for buy a mini, You buy a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were in your 20s and you swore you weren't buying the minivan? Are you kidding me? 20 days ago, I swore I wasn't going to buy a minivan. <laughs> I love it. Oh, this is awesome. So... Like I've got a truck that seats six, so we can we can get around 
with my truck, but my wife's car is too small. We can't get every in, in her uh, in her little SUV. So, but she was the one who was like, "There, I will not. I'm not buying a minivan." I was like, "I support you, honey. I don't think we should." <laughs> and so we tried to avoid it for the longest time here. Um, but the vehicle we really want to buy isn't super available. So we thought, you know what? Maybe we just need to buy a minivan for now yeah. until you know, what we want is available. So, and you got three car seats. Like that's that's why that's the car doesn't work. Yeah, they just don't. Feet. They don't fit in a Kia Sportage. I can tell you that right now. Exactly. So, so that's pretty fresh. That helps the family part of it work. Um, but no, I mean, how does it all work? I mean, for me, it's having a good team here at the store and it's having a good team at home. Like my wife is very supportive of the things I need to do right now. We have some people issues up in our store in Saskatoon. That's drawing me physically away from home and spending more time up in Saskatoon lately. And yeah. you know, she's trying to be as supportive of that as she can. Mm -hmm. There's four kids at home and one of them's only three months old. So that's exactly. a lot to ask right now, but uh, at least for now I've got her grace to do that. And then the other part is like, we've finally gotten to a place now where I don't need to be here for this store to run. Mm -hmm. um, and that's super important. So the Regina location is where we started. That's the store that Wade and I kind of uh, were running for the longest time. Mm -hmm. and we've gotten to the point now where we're off doing other things. The actual day-to-day -day business of the retail side is covered and I'm not, I, I don't have to worry about it. So if I need to be in Saskatoon, that's fine. If I need to spend a day home with the, to help out with the kids extra, that's fine. The place yeah. is going to run itself. So yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, we are getting close to being out of time. So if I was going to Google you, uh, what am I going to search for and find you? Well, if you want to find the store, just Google uh, anything deck related in Saskatchewan. We should pop up pretty much at the top, but mm -hmm. the ultimate deck shop is the name of all of our social channels, no matter which one you're on. So it's pretty easy okay. to find us that way. Yep. Um, for me personally, Shane Chapman on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you, wherever you prefer your platform there as well. Okay, perfect. And you have a podcast as well. So let's give it a shout out. Yeah, we, uh, we've got one that's kind of on hold and then we do one for the industry, the ultimate deck podcast. So that's something we started a couple of years ago that we, when we started it thought like, does anybody want to listen to a podcast about <laughs> decks? And it turns out enough people do. So we've been doing that for a couple of years too. So certainly you can tune into that. Yeah. You know, here's a funny story about your podcast. Shortly after you started it, I got a phone call and the person said to me, uh, how do we do that? And I was like, what are you talking about? Because I hadn't seen the <laughs> podcast and you know, no offense, but I wouldn't go looking for a deck podcast because I have one. So yeah. anyway, phone yeah. call. How do I do that? I'm like, can you send this to me? Like, what are you talking about a deck podcast? Like, it just made no sense <laughs> to me till I got the link and saw everything. I'm like, oh, okay. So here's how you put the pieces together. No idea yeah. if that person ever went ahead and created a podcast. But like, so I've known about your podcasts from really the early days, the first few episodes. Because I want to yeah. say it was like the third episode or something when my phone rang. So yeah, funny little story. Yeah, it made an impact within our industry pretty quickly. So uh, I know even when I pitched the idea to Wade or said, Wade, I think we're going to start a podcast. He was he didn't get it either. He's like, for what? Why? Yeah, and I was like, I don't know. I just I just feel like it's somewhere we need to be. So yeah. It, yeah, it's actually done amazing things for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, you know what? And it scratches the other side of your brain. It lets you talk to people that otherwise you and I would have never sat and talked for 25 minutes. So yeah, to me, yeah, exactly. that's a good thing, right? Exactly. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much, Shane. It was fantastic to hear about the corporate keys and the deck shop and the minivan. I did not see that part of the conversation coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to say my kids are teens. We made it through the whole thing without a minivan. Good for you. That's, that's, everybody told me like, you're going to cave. I was like, we're not going to cave. And then someone we bought, I'd send a picture to a few people to be like, we caved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
like we had the extended SUV with like three rows and like I we spent a fortune on gas, but we avoided it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. All right. On that note, if you want to sell your story, you have to tell your story. And there's no better place to start than being a guest on The Secret Life of Local. If you'd like to be a guest, email me at barb at abovethefold.live or reach out on Facebook and Instagram at abovethefoldca. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google, Google Girl and local business cheerleader. Remember, you worked hard for your success. Don't keep it a secret. Bye for now.